0: We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we work and learn, and pay respect to the First Nations peoples and their elders past, present, and future. We're recording on Gadigal land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.
1: Press Play, a Euphony podcast and powered by Yamaha Headphones. I'm Tiana Speeder, your host. Each week, join me, my co-host Andrew Mast, and some amazing people from around the industry to dive into all things new music. Now, normally we'd be taking a look through all the latest albums, EPs, singles, and more dropping this week, but as it is getting well and truly into December, the lights and the Christmas puddings are out, And in that vein today is a very special edition. It's Press Play's first ever Christmas special. So instead of the normal programming, we'll be taking a look at Christmas albums released this year, a roundup of some new songs to add to your festive playlist. Steve Bell's back with some stocking stuffer reissues. And we also spend some time with the incredible Paul Kelly, who shares some special behind the scenes insights into his brand new Christmas album, Paul Kelly's Christmas Train. All that and more is waiting under the tree in today's episode and we also have made a special Press Play Christmas mixtape on Spotify where you can follow along with all the bits and pieces we cover today. Find that via our Instagram at Press Play Oz. Love music and Christmas. Press Play. To kick us off let's take a look at some of the festive albums and EPs that have dropped this year. Well, Christmas has come to press play this week. So to mix up our regular programming, we will still be taking a look at albums and EPs out. But with a festive twist and instead of looking at some new, you know, general releases, we're getting a little bit festive. So to start us off, American powerhouse Kelly Clarkson unveiled when Christmas comes around back in October. It's marked the singer's ninth studio album and second Christmas album after she released Wrapped in Red back in 2013. For the 2021 version, we've got covers and some originals, including some duets with Ariana Grande, Chris Stapleton, and a bonus track with Brett Eldridge. And if you aren't feeling particularly jolly this year, and who could blame you after all, Clarkson has got you covered with the emotional track Merry Christmas to the One I Used to Know. Meanwhile, in first holiday album territory, Steve Perry, aka Frontman for Rocker's Journey, has tackled some festive favourites bringing his renowned vocals on his Christmas album titled The Season to the likes of the Christmas song, I'll Be Home for Christmas and Winter Wonderland. Journey fans may already know the might of Perry's vocals and on this album, he does bring a heap of warmth, some fresh arrangements and a touch of swagger to some family-ready tunes. And American cappella Heroes' Pentatonics are entirely not strangers to releasing a Christmas album with the group releasing as of this year five Christmas albums throughout their career. For a band who have sold nearly 10 million albums with their cappella flair, it's hard not to imagine what a 2021 Christmas Pentatonix album sounds like. We've got covers, we also have some new creations and plenty of Christmas cheer, accompanied by Pitch Perfect Ready Arrangements for those who like some acapella in their eggnog. But right now to take a closer look at a few other new Christmas releases this year with me, my co-host Andrew Masters here. Marstie, here we are. It's a very press play Christmas
2: indeed happy christmas <laughs> and um, you
1: now what and, uh, christmas goodie are you unwrapping first today i'm just gonna master? say
2: I-, I love that you've already uh, flagged pentatonix because they've done so many christmas albums. as you point out they've done a best of their christmas albums. <laughs> i don't know if anyone's ever done that before if they have no. please let us know
1: i'm quite impressed by it actually i'm really into that <laughs>
2: Now I'm starting with another band that's a bit addicted to Christmas music and they had a huge Christmas song back in the 90s. This is St Etienne and they've released an EP called Her Winter Coat. This is a very sombre affair. (laughs) the opposite of most of the Christmas music we'll be talking about this week, but probably my favourite. This British trio's holiday EP brings to mind that accidental UK Christmas song, Stop the Cavalry. Uh, it started as an anti-war song, has been adopted as one of the UK's big Christmas anthems. This, like that, it's just so very British, you can actually feel the cold. The title track is a spoken word piece set against an arrangement that probably wouldn't sound out of place in a Game of Thrones episode. And the video for the full length version of the song features some of the most beautiful cinematography you will ever see in a music video. It's almost like this is what perfume ads should look like. Also, for music train spotters out there, you'll enjoy the heritage band patches sewn onto a backpack that you can see in close up during this video. A bit of goth, a bit of metal, um, a lot of fun trying to uh, pin them all down. Uh, altogether, this conjures up such a melancholic, reflective mood that it ends up being an overwhelmingly moving piece of music. I believe they were even doing it live on their most recent tour of the UK. It's been quite a year for St Etienne. There was the new album earlier this year, the tour, as I mentioned, but not outside of the UK. And now with an EP of new material, it's quite the Christmas treat.
1: Yeah, I think it might be the most ethereal Christmas release I've ever journeyed yes. through. Like, And I like you touched on it, like it has more frosty beauty than a snowflake in midair. And <laughs> it's definitely something I I feel like we all need a little bit of that. Not to sit there and feel sad, but it just kind of gives you a pause to reflect, breaks up the buble. And yeah, like you said, they've had an incredible year. So I'm I'm really glad they did do this. And, you know, no doubt we'll get more Christmas albums from them in the near future as well. But I'm also okay with that. Well, Marcy, I'm going to be covering someone whose voice and name will probably be familiar. Not necessarily everyone is, you know, a massive fan. It's a particular style, but the first time I heard Nora Jones sing, don't know why, all the radio stations became obsessed with that song and they overplayed it. And to be honest, I actually hadn't heard much of Nora Jones until now. And much like St. Etienne's release, like the album, it's a calming kind of vibe, but it's You know, a little bit more upbeat than Saint Edmund's would be, and after such a hectic year and even two years in some cases, it's actually quite welcome. It has been two decades since Jones first released her 2002 debut album, Come Away with Me, but I Dream of Christmas is the name of this first ever holiday album for her, and she's put her jazzy spin on full display. We've got a mix of classics and originals to soundtrack the holidays, and reviews have been really centered in on like her elegant mix of jazz and heartfelt, heartfelt holiday vibes. So we've got stuff you know, um, and a publication that I didn't know, but actually got into a bit of a wormhole with was all about jazz. They really praised her vocals and a bit of the creative takes, putting a bit of jazz sensibility to the pop music. And another interview she did and a little bit of a summary they did on Pop Matters, nailed it, saying the album feels like a soothing salve on what has already been a troubled holiday season for many, which isn't overly upbeat, but from the horn-laden Christmas, don't be late to the effortless white Christmas, the slinky winter wonderland and the New Orleans ready take on Elvis Presley's Blue Christmas. This is a cool and alluring offering to have in the background just to add a little touch of elegance to your holiday vibes. And
3: when those blue snowflakes start falling That's when the
2: Um, I've also written Slinky in my notes, but my first note just says classy AF, probably showing that I'm unclassy AF. Uh, It it really is a surprise to find out it's her first Christmas album. And um, the the one I thought was Slinky was her wonderful take on Chuck Berry's Run Rudolph Run, and whoever thought that there'd be a Slinky take on that. But how's that country-flavoured winter wonderland? It is Mm. just incredible. Some of this... Just falls into the background, but those songs in particular really stood out to me, but mostly just shocked that she hadn't done a Christmas album before.
1: Yeah, I know. And after two decades since she kind of, you know, first came to that very prolific outing, but here we are. It's it's time and it's ready.
2: It's so funny. I, I still think Nora Jones is like this new discovery <laughs> because that's how she was sold all those years ago yeah. and it, it still feels like that to me. Uh, Something that was a new discovery for me but I found out had been around for a while is uh, the band Pistol Annies, and this is their Christmas album, Hell of a Holiday. If, like me, you aren't familiar with this American country trio, all you need to know is that this is country superstar Miranda Lambert's side project with Ashley Munro and Angelina Presley. This is only their fourth album in 10 years it seems they keep getting sidetracked uh, by the success of Lambert and uh, Monroe too uh, with their solo careers. This album is a lot of fun. The best moment for me is the twangy Come On Christmas Time, Move Over Santa Baby. This is your new favourite drunken Christmas sing-along with lyrics like, I've got a crush on Santa, I want to ring his bell. (laughs)
4: I've got a crush on Santa i Bell. I want to be his sweetheart Have him to me
2: beautifully highlights their harmonies. And there are some great playing to be heard on this as well. And they throw in a few classics like Sleigh Ride and All Lang Syne. Uh, Just You can definitely uh, slot these ones into your Christmas Day playlist. Uh, this isn't a rushed Christmas cash-in. This is a fully fleshed-out album of carefully crafted songs. I was not expecting to get such a buzz out of this one. And I tell you what, I feel a lot less grinchy after listening to it.
1: Yeah, that's perfectly put. I think it's, things took a really upbeat turn, like the second it started. And I know for a lot of fans, it did take them by surprise because I think there was like a year and a bit of no new material. But like you said, this isn't a throwaway cash grab. Like they've actually put so much effort into this. And I think after a pandemic decimating the musical world, like what better way to mix things up than bringing out a Christmas album? And, you know, it's got some little tongue in cheek moments. It's got a lot of attitude and sass in some bits, but I really, really like what they've done with it. And it's entirely not something I would think I would enjoy, but by the end of it, I had a huge smile on my face and I don't care who knows it.
2: And I reckon this would be a fun Christmas gig to go to. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. uh, I hope we can get Pistol Eddies out to, to Australia one day and maybe close to Christmas uh, yeah. so they could perform some of these. I think it would be uh or get them for your Christmas office party. They'll be fun. 2022,
1: Marcy's yeah. going to book pistol for the office party. <laughs> well, another one that was outside my wheelhouse a little bit too, but I'm actually quite glad I got to dive into this one. So he's called a messenger, um, North Carolina, American Folkster's, is- He's got a messenger led by Mike MC Taylor and they have unleashed, you guessed it, a Christmas album. And it's titled Oh Come All Ye Faithful. It, I like with a lot of these albums, it's chucked full of some traditional tunes, but we also get originals and some covers. And I read um, of the album MC Taylor actually explained that you know, it's it's stripped back and it's a bit more quiet and introspective. And what he actually said was big brash holiday music, the type that we always hear in the big box stores in the middle of December has never really resonated with him. And especially with what's happened in the past year and a bit, it felt really dissonant for him. So what Taylor has created here is a seasonal record that actually captures a bit of the reality of 2020 and 2021, but he's really read the room. He knows what's going on everywhere, he's concocted something that's both beautiful and a little bit bittersweet. And something that almost makes you breathe a big sigh of relief at times or the world just rushes around you and people madly buy everything that they don't need in the shops but one of the original compositions grace comes much closer to the more traditional he's got a messenger sound and it really offers a ray of hope for anyone struggling or lost or confused or grieving but then there's also a silky version of joy to the world and we also get a cover of credence Clearwater revivals as long as i can see the light
0: put a candle in the window
3: But I feel like I got to move
0: Though I'm going, going I'll be coming home soon As long as I can see the light
1: I'm Back my bed and let's get moving if you can bottle the chill and calm in, oh, calm all you faithful, I think I may achieve inner peace in 2021, musty
2: I love what you said about they've read the room. I think that is so spot on. I really enjoyed this. Mm. And like uh, Pistol Annie's, it doesn't feel like a quick cash grab. And I say that because many of these Christmas <laughs> albums do. And there are moments of sheer beauty. And some truly fine. I'm always drawn to the classic songs that that I recognise and I love hearing really good takes on them and Joy to the World and Silent Night stand out here. But my highlight is, and dare I describe it as this, is the Very Pretty by the Lights of St Stephen. The violin in this is magnificent and the vocals are perfection. A little bit Bob Dylan, Mm -hmm. a little bit Paul Kelly. Yeah, this this one blew me away and... Probably it's going to take me down a rabbit hole of looking through their back catalogue and finding out uh, what else is there.
1: Yeah, and that's what's kind of good with these Christmas albums because sometimes it is bands that, like you said, they have been around for a while and now we actually get to see them in a different light but still see a little bit more into what they've, you know, been and done before it. So some new favorites in the in the mix for christmas Masty. indeed well i know we've got a heap more in store for today's festive episode but before we jump into our next segment it is time of course for our christmas feature album and someone i did not expect to see a christmas album from not Rob at all. thomas <laughs> well i think again he's another one this is his first ever holiday album and again, I sound like a broken record. It's stacked with, you know, originals, covers, and he's even got a few duets to stuff into your Christmas stockings. And another cute thing on this, he's also got a reimagined version of his 2002 song, A New York Christmas. And while I was surprised, as soon as I did a bit of digging, I could see why. So Christmas really means a lot to Rob. He did say in an interview with Variety that as a kid, he didn't have, you know, the best times. He had a bit of a turbulent childhood here and there. And Apparently, every December, he would sit at the piano, serenading his loved ones with Christmas songs, kicking himself that he hadn't made a Christmas album. But this year, he's come through with the goods, and we do have the pandemic to thank for it. And with the nearly 50-year-old Grammy winner writing one holiday track before it evolved into a full Rob Thomas Christmas record, he actually created this while he was binging on a Christmas in July Hallmark movie marathon. That he covers Dolly Parton's, I believe, in Santa Claus with country singer Abby Anderson. He also covers Brian Adams Christmas time. And these are all songs that he said has been fused into his DNA growing up. And one of my personal favorites, Small Town Christmas, is decked to the halls and then some complete with sleigh bells, thundering beats. And it also covers a bit of Rob's journey from small town South Carolina to building new traditions and memories in the big smoke in New York. And little highlight for me, he actually had Shane Keister, who was once also Elvis Presley's piano player on the lashings of country that is Santa Don't Come Here Anymore, Masty. We've got more country Christmas. Santa don't come
3: here anymore. Since he saw you all. On-
2: You've given me so much to unpack here. Um,
1: do we start? I, Tell me about your childhood.
2: No, I was going to go speaking of cash grabs, but now I feel terrible that you've mm. given the, this background and it's like, oh, okay, this makes some sense now. Uh, so look,
1: inspired by Hallmark Christmas movies, we can't give him a completely free ride. Come I, on, like we all and, love Christmas. I haven't written a Christmas album yet. Thank goodness the, for everyone.
2: The, This is why those films should come with a warning. This, I mean, I'm gonna say this starts out very middle of the road, very inoffensive. Exactly what you'd expect a a Christmas set from any 90s pop star uh, wanting to do for the holidays. I'd expect a similar set from Robbie Williams, and, and later we'll discuss Gary Barlow. Of course, however, the collaborations you mentioned that's when it gets interesting when they enter the frame. I think Christmas Time with Ingrid Michelson is a really nice, gentle acoustic number. That Spirit of Christmas with R&B legend B.B. Winans is an impressive slice of gospel. I mean, just listening to B.B.'s voice is is enough. Mm -hmm. And, And the one you mentioned as well, Santa Don't Come Here No More with Brad Paisley, it's just a really polished rockabilly. I would have preferred it probably a bit more rough around the edges but yeah, once he brings in the collaborators, it, it lifts it a bit. But now I, now that I know that that story uh, about his background, I'm 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 less cynical
1: about well, this, shall we say? I think it's fair, and like you said, like initially kicking off, I was a bit concerned. But look, it's that time of year where we kind of give a I don't know we we allow some things to get, you know come past it. And I mean, all I can say is hats off that he's completed a long-awaited project he's clearly had it on his mind for a long time and. This, I think he's also recently teamed up with Santana for a non-festive project. So he's doing so many things. He's, you know, embracing his background and what, you know, what's got him to this point. And he's a self-proclaimed hallmark movie geek, masti. So, I mean, who knew? I've learned something completely new about Rob Thomas Well,
2: year. it'll be interesting to see how these go. I, I think probably the biggest Christmas album in Australia is going to be the Paul Kelly one. Um, but I think with all the ones we've looked at today, I'll be, I'll be keeping an eye on how they go, but I've got a funny feeling most people are going to just return to buying Michael Buble, <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, look, I think I'm with you there, and, like, it's, it's all well and good. I do like to mix it up, and you, you know what? Sometimes stuff just comes on and it just catches you by surprise, but interestingly that you did bring up Paul Kelly because our next segment is going to feature the man himself as our artist feature, so in the meantime, if you are wanting to mix up your Christmas playlist this year alongside our regular Press Play mixtape on Spotify, which features all the new releases dropping each week, we've made a special standalone Press Play Christmas mixtape and it'll feature all the artists and songs we chat about in today's episode. You can check it out over on our Instagram at Press Play Oz to listen in. But as Masty has very beautifully helped me segue, it's officially time for Press Play's artist feature and today's guest is definitely some Aussie and Christmas music royalty. It's Mr. Paul Kelly. When December rolls around each year, thoughts usually turn to Christmas trees, food, presents, and here in Australia, the hot days and nights that generally accompany the most wonderful time of year for many people. But also here in Australia, there's another key highlight that rolls around on December 21st each year that's hard baked into our collective zeitgeist. I'm talking, of course, about Gravy Day. Inspired by the iconic song How to Make Gravy by Australian actual living legend Paul Kelly. Who's gonna make the gravy now? I bet I won't taste the same.
3: Just add flour, salt, a little red wine, and don't forget a dollar of tomato sauce for sweetness and an extra
1: for capturing the essence of Australia amid his journey working odd jobs, writing poetry and travelling all around the country, Paul Kelly has continually evolved, explored and emboldened his sounds and his soul since emerging in the mid-80s. And while his iconic track, How to Make Gravy, originally released in the 90s, would go on to become a holiday favourite, it's in 2021 and on Kelly's 28th studio album that the world finally got an entire Paul Kelly Christmas album but to merely dub Paul Kelly's Christmas Train as an album is a disservice, as anyone who has enjoyed the 22-song opus would know at this point. Marcy and myself did feature Paul Kelly's Christmas Train as our feature album back on Episode 4 of Press Play, but today as our extra special guest artist for Press Play's first ever Christmas episode, I am joined now by Mr Paul Kelly himself to chat about the stories behind the new album and also some highlights for him personally on this stunning release. Well, Paul Kelly is with us on our Press Play Christmas episode, the first of its kind and a very fitting guest to have on because of course, Paul, your amazing new album, Paul Kelly's Christmas train is out and about in the world causing a lot of delight, but obviously you're quite a Christmas legend. Not only is How to Make Gravy a continual Christmas favourite for many of us Aussies, this year you've gifted a 22 epic that covers everything, spanning centuries, places, and also a little new version of How to Make Gravy as well for us. and. For me and a lot of people, I feel like the word tapestry is probably more appropriate than just calling it an album. But to start with, could you share a bit of the origin story behind this beautiful release? I know you've previously chose songs you love, but you've gone off the beaten track. How did this initial idea come to be?
3: Uh, It it sort of grew pretty slowly. I mean, way back, I I used to do a Christmas radio show with my son Declan at Triple R Radio Station in Melbourne. Um, He he had a regular Spot there as a presenter every week, but he, he asked me to do a Christmas special with him one year, a two-hour one, and uh, it went so well. We we kept doing it. We did it for five years, and it was sort of during that that time that I, you know, started discovering more and more Christmas music. I mean, I'd always, yeah. We 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 all know there's a lot of Christmas music out there, but um, sometimes it, there's there's so much good stuff that we're not aware of because it gets stranded out by. All the stuff you know—the supermarkets and the and the music and the lists—and and, yes. and the same old carols over and over again. But once you start digging, there is a, a huge treasure trove of great music. Um, and uh, the reason for that is, you know, that Christmas is is a blend of so many traditions, um, and they all have have given us music. You know, the, mm. the classical world and the, the the choral world, and you know, great great pop songs about Christmas, folk songs. All kinds of songs about Christmas, so uh, i 'd already sort of over the years I just had a big playlist in in my uh, iTunes and um, Christmas playlist, so uh, I started thinking about you know doing a record at some stage and seems to be sort of been brewing over the last few years but uh, I, I knew but when I started that I wanted to have a big have a big range um, uh, across across the whole album and and wanted to m- help that happen by getting different singers to sing the songs as well so
1: mm-hmm. yeah that, well, that, was- that leads perfectly into my next question you're a psychic already I'm convinced that you've amassed an army of collaborators and obviously you had some of your family members as well but an array of everyone, like we're talking Kate Miller, Linda Bull, Marlon Williams, who is an absolute office favourite of well, who did that incredible Marlon rendition of Oh Holy Night. Mm. Did you know ahead of time who you wanted on specific tracks or did that kind of also just come out organically with this process?
3: Most of them I, I picked a track and then went to the uh, artist and said, do you want to do it? Um, and that was the amazing thing with Marlon because I, I rang him up He's in New Zealand and said, listen, I'm doing a Christmas album and thinking of um, if, you, if you'd be interested in doing A Holy Night. And he said, it's my favourite song. Oh, I, I don't think he even said it's my favourite Christmas song. He said, it's, just, it's my favourite song. He said, I've sung it since I was a kid. I've sung it in choirs. And then we started talking about how to do it and he came up with the idea to, to sing it in Maori. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he also came up with the idea of having a children's choir on it. So that was all pretty much driven by Marlon. The plan was to have him come to Melbourne and do it with us in the studio, which is how we did most of the tracks with the singers live with the band, but he got stuck in New Zealand um, and so couldn't come. So we had a bit of a back and forth, he did a little phone demo, uh, which is one of my favourite recordings ever, this rough raw phone demo where he, he sings it playing guitar and then he does falsetto imitating imitating the choir. It's beautiful. So, um, yeah, the, the, that was the blueprint for for, for how we did it.
1: Uh, it came out perfectly. It's funny too, like there's so many contrasts of genres coming. Like obviously we've got the little Hawaiian tinges on Silent Night, we've got rock, we've got, you know, hymns, we've got everything. And we were saying recently that it almost feels like it's something you could put on and keep everyone happy like what you touched on at the start. It's not the music. It's not the same old, same old that we've heard over and over. So you've definitely like maybe settled a few Christmas arguments potentially this year <laughs> as well.
3: But
1: it. to ask you, I don't want to make you pick a metaphorical favourite child, but is there a key song or perhaps plural songs on the album that are extra special to you personally, either because of what they mean to you or just how they make you feel when you listen to them?
3: Uh, like you, uh, you know, that, that Marlon song, Tapu uh, Tapu, is really, really a highlight for me, I'd also say. Um, oh it's hard. I mean, Emma Donovan doing Virgin Mary had one son. She sounds like she's singing up from the earth. Great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, also what was important to me was to to really widen Christmas out to just beyond um, you know, I guess you know, Christianity. And I was aware that um the Jesus and Mary story is part of part of the Quran and uh, part of Islamic tradition as well. Jesus is honored as a prophet. So um having um some verses from the quran as part of our, our record was important to me so mm-hmm. I, I called up waleed ali and said do you want to be on my christmas record and uh was bit, i think he was a bit puzzled at first but i <laughs> sort of gave explained the context and uh and uh then he, you know he really helped me out we talked about how to do it he ended up we ended up settling on him reading it and that's one of my favorite parts of the record too because it sounds like he's Reading a bedtime story to his kids—that's yes. so quite yeah. beautiful—and also with Lior singing a, a Hebrew prayer, which is not obviously not related to Christmas. It's an all-year-round song, but the lyrics of that song translate to um, "Kings, Peace, and Angels," which and and it has a has a carol-like melody. So um, that I thought that fitted in well too. And of course, Lior has such a beautiful voice. So that, those two are special to me to really. Make that, that really con- contributed to the the record having this wide scope. Something special about the record. I'll, I'll name a person, and that that's Alice Keith because she was all through the record in different ways, and she's like the sort of uh, spirit of the record or the the binding thread. You know, she's on Coventry Carol. She met. She can bridge uh, the classical world and the the pop world or the folk world. She sings on a few things. We do you know Silent Night and Three Drovers. Um, she came up towards the end of the, um, well, I'd finished recording just about, and I was talking to Alice and I realized I hadn't had, didn't have a Santa song. And I said, Alice, oh my God, I don't have, I've done a Christmas record and I don't have a Santa song. We laughed about that and we started talking about Saint Nicholas, who's, um, you know, the forerunner of, of Santa, um, a Bishop from the fourth century, you know, famous for his good deeds and giving gifts. And so the next day Alice rings me up and says, Oh, I found this old hymn, you know, from the fourteenth century in Latin about Saint Nicholas. And um and I've done a little demo of it and she sent she sent it to me and it was like her playing guitar and singing this hymn. And then with some violence, she played violin, sang some harmonies, and um sounds like a you know, sounds like a fleet foxes song or a, a folk song. And um so that's all her. I didn't do a thing for that. So
1: Oh my god.
3: It was a real, you know really brought a lot
1: to this record yeah and that's what I think comes through ultimately it's a brilliant and beautiful Christmas album but beyond that it's actually just a stunning album and it's timeless it it obviously has its Christmas themes but there's so much more to it and you've just created something so magical and yeah it's something I think is a very fitting way to end a very strange year for many of us so it's a beautiful gift for us and hopefully for yourself as well that you can enjoy at Christmas as well
3: Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a lot, was a lot of a lot of work, and um, but yeah, also a lot of fun. So it's really it's a good feeling to have it out out and about.
1: Yeah, well, back at you. I think the feeling is very mutual. And thank you for your time for explaining it on our first ever Christmas episode of Press Play. You set a very high precedent for future years.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Sianna. Thanks. Thanks,
1: Paul. If you haven't yet witnessed the absolute magic that is Paul Kelly's Christmas Train. Jump on board, do yourself a favour and immerse yourself in what is guaranteed to be a new holiday favourite for many and no doubt for years to come. You can snap up the new album on CD and vinyl if you are ordering for delivery. If you order before December 10th at paulkellystore.com.au, you are guaranteed Christmas delivery within Australia, so be quick. And Paul will, of course, be performing his Making Gravy shows over the next couple of weeks. He's in Melbourne this week at the Sydney Myer Music Bowl and he'll be at Brisbane's River Stage on December 18th. But to really get you in the festive mood before we move on with our press play Christmas special, here is a snippet of the track Paul and I just discussed, the show-stopping version of Tapu Tapu, a.k.a. All Holy Night, led by Marlon Williams. right now on this Christmas edition of Press Play, we are keeping in the same format as our regular episodes. So now is the time we'd take a quick look at some viral and pop culture musical moments kicking around. And since this is our Christmas special, you all thought you could avoid it, but you can't. For the Christmas staple that is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, beloved by the masses while also equally the bane of the existence of many a retail worker, Well, it is that time of year again, and the track has already re entered the ARIA singles charts as of last Friday. And recently, too, the Mirror in the UK confirmed that statistically, the Christmas song we could all recite in our sleep at this point just continues to grow in popularity each year. I'm not going to scare you all and sing along with the song, but the same reporting by The Mirror late last week revealed some pretty staggering facts. All I Want for Christmas Is You, which is now 27 years old, was apparently written in under 15 minutes by Mariah Carey, who was already a household name thanks to her staggering vocals and hits at the time like Fantasy, Without You and Touch My Body. It took until 2019 for All I Want for Christmas Is You to top the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time, half a century after its original release and it broke multiple records at the time too including the longest trip to reaching number one. Estimated sales of the song are tipped to be over 16 million copies and it does remain as one of the best-selling physical singles in music history and the best-selling Christmas single by a female artist. As for some financials, in 2017 all I want for Christmas is you reportedly earned 45 million pounds in royalties which at the time equated to just under $85.5 million Australian dollars. But bearing in mind, these are rough estimations only. But if you factor in streaming to the mix, in 2018, All I Want for Christmas is You set a single day record for the most Spotify streams with a bit over 10 million plays before topping itself the following year with 12 million. While the actual hard financial stats are kept pretty close about Mariah Carey's overall earnings for All I Want for Christmas is You, Celebrity net worth have calculated that Carrie gets between 450 to 750,000 pounds every December just for that song alone. Long story short, Mariah Carey could live off All I Want for Christmas Is You and do nothing else for the rest of her career. But in case you're wondering if Mariah Carey loves or loathes Christmas as a result of her annual festive hype, in a recent interview with E! News' Daily Pop, she actually revealed that she once dated someone and things didn't work out simply because he didn't like Christmas. Revealing to The Daily Pop host Justin Sylvester, the then person in her life didn't love the holidays and she replied, well, you're dating the wrong person then, honey. You have to love Christmas. Mariah Carey does have a new Christmas song out this year, Fall in Love at Christmas, hoping to spread some much-needed love at the end of a very hard year for most of us. And while it's no All I Want for Christmas is You!, it's undeniable, Mariah Carey is the Christmas gift that keeps on giving. And
0: every Christmas, I'll be there this time of year. of the year approaching the press play team are busy collating their end of year lists including albums singles and more that wowed them in 2021 catch hosts tiana speeder andrew mast steve bell plus a slew of special guests celebrating the best of the year in music listen to the two-part special on monday the 20th of december on euphony.com.au or your favorite podcast platform
1: and a press play episode is just not complete without looking into some musical anniversaries and reissues. And to do just that, I'm joined now, as always, by Steve Bell, host of the incredible podcast Rewind with Steve Bell and co-owner of Sonic Sherpa Records. Belly, December is well and truly upon us. I know it's not like legally Christmas yet, but it's extremely imminent. <laughs> but thank no. you for joining us today.
4: If you go to the shops, it's all through the shops. So you know it's nearly here.
1: I think it was there in like September nearly. Now it's okay, it's It's December, it's fine. (laughs) Now, before we get into looking into some festive reissues kicking around right now, first up, what musical moment from this week are you taking us back into today?
4: Well, 50 years ago today, uh, Jeff Barrow was born in Somerset. He was one of the founders of Portishead, which was named after the small town near Bristol where he spent his teens. Um, I saw them in the late 90s here in Brisbane at Festival Hall. They were fantastic. Um, still sell a lot of their records today so yeah 50s 50 up for you jeff happy birthday birthday, (laughs) but an important australian one happened 49 years ago today 1972 helen Reddy became the first ever australian to hit number one in the states with her i am woman single which is like it's got to be other number one or firsts as well really you'd say It's such a pioneering sort of feminist anthem and it was from the outset, hence going number one in the States. It's a pretty incredible story.
1: Yeah, I think I remember reading parts of her memoir and she'd mentioned like she had no big expectations for the song or, you know, whatever came out of it and didn't even see it as being a hit single. And yet here we are, the legend lives on and it just continues to be just such an anthem for everyone. And yeah, time is only strengthening that, I feel.
4: Yeah, definitely. It only hit number two in Australia, sadly. I couldn't like it exactly the day, but I'm pretty sure it was held off by either Hot Butter with their popcorn single or Michael Jackson with Ben. Oh (laughs) It's sad it didn't hit number one in the homeland, but yeah, what a great story.
1: Yeah, a beautiful legacy. And to get festive now, Belly, what Christmas reissues are out and about that you can share with us what people might find under the tree on Christmas Day?
4: There's been some good ones this year. Um, She and Him did a 10th anniversary reissue of their a very She and Him Christmas album. Uh came out a merge a decade ago, obviously. Um that's uh Zoe and M. Ward doing indie rock sort of slant on Christmas standards. Merge have put it out with a double L, double vinyl, silver vinyl, with a bonus seven-inch of Madonna's Holiday and and White Christmas. So there's a lot of bangers on there. Oh, yes. Uh, Cindy Lauper, her album from way back in the day, in the 90s, Merry Christmas, Have a Nice Life, that's been reissued on uh, Red and White Candy Cane Swell vinyl. That was mainly originals. Um, there was only a couple of covers on there, but one of them was "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, the 1958 single from Brenda Lee. Which was also on the Sheen Him anniversary one, which is sort of weird to me. I don't know if there's some sort of collusion going on there. Um <laughs> also just reissued uh recently their uh, Christmas album from last year's seasonal shift. Why they did it again, I'm not sure, but it's a great record. I love that band so much. They're um, you know, old country slash text Mech stylings, an amazing band. Yes. And one for the populace um, now, that's what I call Christmas. That franchise has been around since the 80s, but they're pumping out CDs and on cassettes and maybe vinyl back in the day, um, but they've gone back to vinyl now. They've just put out a, a triple white vinyl collection titled Now That's What I Call Christmas. It's got everything from you know, Bing Crosby and Tony Bennett through to ABBA, Coldplay, Wham, The Pogues, Band-Aid. covers everything. So if you really just want a one-stop shop for your Christmas vibes, that could be the go. Although. I think you you talked to Paul Kelly earlier I'd say that Christmas uh, Christmas train's probably the really the one to get this year
1: Oh, absolutely. Especially when I saw it was on fire, my eyes lit up. But I think Masti's eyes just, you know, he's not currently in the room with us, but you said Abba. His eyes have just lit up instantly. In as <laughs> well. So I think it's something for everyone. But yeah, I think it like she and him were always something for me. I always went to when I wanted to try to pretend I was cool back in the day, but they still go really well. And Colexico, I'm always into that. Always makes it up on my playlist. So a nice mix. There's something as always for everyone. And Belly, I know you're an extremely busy man. I am so glad you could swing by for our Christmas episode. I have to ask, is there anything specific you're hoping to unwrap under the tree come Christmas Day? Have you got anything left on the Santa list?
4: Oh No, no, I've been pretty good, but I don't really need stuff I don't think this year.
1: (laughs) No vinyls for belly?
4: (laughs) I've got enough of that.
1: Yeah, fair. That's very fair. Well, it's been awesome to have a walk down memory lane with you. And for everyone listening, if you are a music fan and just love a good story, you absolutely cannot miss Belly's incredible podcast, Rewind with Steve Bell. It obviously features some epic deep dives into some of the most important albums of all time. Now, Belly, the current season, I know, features a look back at something for Kate's 2001 album, Echolalia. But I'm also happy to report that as of next week, a brand new series will be out and about And also featuring none other than today's press play guest artist, Paul Kelly, you'll be having a deep dive into the absolute Aussie classic, How to Make Gravy.
4: Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, We spoke to a lot of people for this one, even though it's just about one song. It'll just be three parts, but it's a great story. I mean, a great song that everyone loves, obviously, but yeah, it's got a really fascinating story behind it and it's it's been a lot of fun. And also um, the one that's coming out after that on the 1st of January, Archie Roach, Paul's also very prominent in that as he was the producer of that album so i've been very lucky
1: oh what a great way to end and start an end and end this year and start a new year and we are all so lucky to, we're getting that very very soon so definitely keep an eye out over at euphony.com.au or wherever you listen to your podcast and very exciting rewind with steve bell news right there for everyone belly thank you for c- catching up with us on our christmas episode
4: thanks Tiana. i hope it goes well
1: Thank you. But for now, it's time to turn up for some more Christmas cheer. It's time for our Singled Out segment. It's time now on Press Play for Singled Out, but it is our Christmas edition. Andrew Masters is back joining me now. And Masty there are so many new Christmas songs out this season. Where are we going to begin?
2: All right. It is our job here to help you sort your Christmas dinner playlist. We're going to start with Jetty Road and... We all know this one, Jingle Bells. bells, 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 bells,
3: bells, bells, bells,
2: This local trio have been around a while now and from what I can tell though this is their first Christmas single but Boy, Jingle Bells is a tough one to tackle. You are always going to come off like you're soundtracking a children's Christmas TV special no matter what you do. It does have a big burst of bells, chimes and a kids' choir at the end, though. This might be one for the kids' table playlist or perhaps better heard as a Carols by Candlelight performance.
1: Absolutely. I think on their Facebook, they did post a picture of um, some of the band with their kids and complete with the kids crying on Santa's lap. So I think you absolutely nailed it. And there's just that little country twang. So if you like country twang with your tinsel, this may also make your dinner table.
2: Another local one is from Shepherd, and this is Christmas Without You. It, Christmas Without You is a nice sentiment, but I'd be more upset if I had a Christmas Without YouTube. Um, But this is an epic power ballad with a big tempo shift midway through that I did not hear coming. If they were better known in the UK, I could see this kind of song soundtracking a department store's Christmas ad starring Eddie Redmayne and Keira Knightley, who are separated by a blizzard on Christmas Eve, but make it home just in time for Christmas dinner. It would also involve teddy bears and Santa hats, and we'd all cry joyful tears as the camera zooms in on them, hugging in front of the Christmas tree.
1: Okay, Hollywood. Someone give this man a job instantly. And it's funny to say that I did get that. You know, Christmas festive movie vibes. They already had a big year with Kaleidoscope Eyes out early this year, and this is a very sleek and modern Christmas tune. But you're right. You just when you think you're winding down after Christmas lunch, in comes a little change. So it'll keep you awake. That's for sure. <laughs>
2: Now, Greta Ray's, this one was on her most recent album and she's obviously released it as a Christmas single. It's called It's Almost Christmas in Philly. And I'm sorry, but how good is this? At, at one point, I even had a flash of classic Carpenters in the vocals. It's a really simple arrangement. It's all about the story. And it's about the story being on the road at Christmas. And as a bonus, there's an acoustic version it gets even more amazing. At points her voice has a real Tracy Thorne tone to it and that first minute of just piano and voice, just sublime. Like this is beyond just a Christmas song. This is this will get you through all year. You say
3: the worst part of the driving is over Even though it has only begun This adventure we have embarked upon To a good start, the Midwest in mid-December Is colder than I could have imagined But one can bear it with a worthy companion
1: Oh, yeah. And I think that's what's nice is we did hear this on the album, and she's now done a stripped back version of this. And alongside it this week, she's also released a stunning cover of Joni Mitchell's River. So that's right. if you need goosebumps, and especially at Christmas, It's just a beautiful, modern, folksy Christmas ballad and she just never fails to just make my jaw drop. I'm just in love with everything she does, so I'm very biased.
2: (laughs) And adding the a bonus of the cover too, that gives you your Boxing Day uh, playlist.
1: (laughs) She's ticked everything off. Thank you, Greta Ray.
2: Now, this one, (laughs) this one is Sabaton. You can tell us a bit more about this band. I was just going to say the track's called Christmas Truce, not just a Christmas song, not just a metal Christmas song, but a war themed metal Christmas song with a sea shanty vibe.
1: Yes. Uh, well, as anyone who knows Sabaton knows, they very much like their historic war thematics, and Christmas Truce is absolutely no different. This is not your traditional Christmas tune, but it's definitely a rhapsodic take on the 1914 Christmas Truce that actually happened between British and German soldiers. It is not complete without some theatrics. And, Mastery, I mean, these guys own a tank. They really go hard ah, on it. Of course They're they do. They're such lovely guys, though. And I tell you, sometimes you just need to mix it up from the Michael Buble, and this may be what you need to stop everyone from squabbling about what to put on.
2: I swear, I've got family members who have been hanging for a middle Christmas track, so this is going to go down very well. And right at the opposite end of the spectrum now, we have Blondie's Utah, Yuletide Throwdown. I always get that word wrong. We're gonna crash with the bat and smash it up
3: like a ginger Rogers and a buttercup.
4: But like a son of Sam with his folding And he be coolin' out do up I have a no more It's the beat, the beat, the
0: beat
2: Back in 1982, Blondie found a demo version of their song Rapture, basically a stripped-down, slower version of the hit that that we all know. And they released it as a Christmas giveaway Flexi Disc with a UK mag called Flexi Pop. Now, just sidebar, if you have any of those, some of them are worth serious dollars now. I was flicking through before we were recording, and I saw that there's one by The Jam fetching over $100 and a Motorhead one that's not far behind that. So some big names did this. Blondie, of course, were right up there. This is basically just Debbie Harry and Fab Five Freddie rapping over the bare bones backing track. And they've thrown in cut chemistry mix to bring it up to date, but it's still the old school Christmas I'm celebrating.
1: Well, for me, Debbie Harry, you know, any I would listen to her any time of the year. But for me with this one, Blondie almost wins Christmas. There's a slinky groove and 80s vibes that You know, you can't help but love, and of course, it would go on to become my favourite Blondie song, Rapture, but the 2021 version, and I'll try to say it, Yuletide Throwdown, um, it was also mixed from the original analogue tapes, and I could not be happier about this.
2: Also old school, we have... ABBA and Little Things. I've just got to say, according to Spotify, this was the only song of the new ABBA album that didn't make my top 100 most listened to tracks of the year. Controversial. I know, but despite me obviously hitting the skip button, I do like this as a standalone Christmas track. It's sweet. It has chimes. It has the band members' grandchildren singing on it. Come on, that is worth an awe.
1: I have to say the awes were real for me. Like it does get you feeling all nostalgic and sentimental in the festive season. And it is quite simplistic and poignant. I. I almost heard a little hint of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star happening at 1.2, but maybe I'm going crazy. No, no. I, <laughs>
2: I Yes, I, I think so.
1: not Oh, <laughs> well, thank <there> goodness. <laughs> but I feel like I may say this a lot today, but um, with the next couple of songs we're speaking about, I smell a potential UK Christmas number one, masting.
2: Yes. The, so hitting number one over Christmas in the UK is a massive, massive deal. There is a whole Industry built around this. All the winners of the X-Files used to go to number uh, X-Files, X-Factor used to go to number one. I'd love an X-Files number one. Um,
1: Next year, please.
2: Rage Against the Machine got to to be a Christmas number one as a protest. Uh, I think the the Beatles and Spice Girls have all had three Christmas number ones. Uh, Currently, uh, a guy called Lad Baby uh, has had the last three Christmas number ones. Uh, But this year, Abba's in it, as is their next one, Gary Barlow and Sheridan Smith how Christmas is supposed to be, Uh, the X-Take That member uh, singing this song, which I think I'm pretty sure it's a couple having a fight on Christmas Eve. Yes, it is. It's big and brassy and it sounds like it's written for a Christmas musical. Um, Just, yeah, something completely different instead of, you know, a nice family harmony uh, story. Yeah. Yeah. I would say
1: it's also quite relatable because I don't know about you, but I've definitely had plenty of um, you know, potential disagreements with family members at times. So, but like, you know what? When you it's Gary Barlow and Sheridan Smith, it's exactly what you think it will sound like. And yep, another contender for a UK Christmas number one.
2: Speaking of, now we have Elton John and Ed Sheeran, and their song "Merry Christmas." the money from sales of this track go to really really good causes that's all I've got to say I reckon about as much effort went into writing this as went into the imaginative title Merry Christmas really and the video looks like it took even less time to make what is Ed Sheeran doing to the gold wallpaper (laughs) it's no don't go breaking my heart but this is the one that's actually likely to be the UK's Christmas number one and maybe ours too
1: yeah look i know it's been a, about a year in the making and they did do the love actually vibes in the lead up but i mean look the most diplomatic thing i can say it's a festive journey through christmas past they're channeling a bit of everything i don't want to um go into the gold wrapping paper necessarily but elton john has never had a christmas number one Masty, could this be the
2: one? Oh, okay and again i will stress the money is going to really, really good causes. Yes,
1: that's it. And that's look, that's all we can hope for at Christmas time, isn't it? But Marcy, there are so many new Christmas songs. And I know for many of us, it's not Christmas without some festive tunes playing in the background. I've certainly found some newbies today to mix up my incessant playing of Moran Carey. And for everyone out there, if you are looking for some new tunes to mix up your Christmas Day playlist, we have made a special festive edition of our press play mixtape. You can listen to the tracks you've heard on today's episode on the Press Play Christmas mixtape about as imaginative as Elton John and Ed Sheeran's song but um, head to Instagram at Press Play Oz to follow along and also to check out our regular new releases content over there as well. Marcy what a week of Christmas tunes.
2: Indeed looking to this looking forward to this holiday season.
1: Here. Well, we do hope you've enjoyed this special Christmas edition of Press Play today, and hopefully you found a few new tunes beyond the same old, same old to get you in the festive mood. Thank you, as always, to my regulars, Andrew Marston, Steve Bell, of course, and a very big thank you to Mr. Paul Kelly for joining us today and sharing his love of all things Christmas. His brand-new album, Paul Kelly's Christmas Train, is out right now. You can check out our show notes for more info. And don't forget, Tuesday the 21st of December is Gravy Day, So definitely get around the 2021 version of How to Make Gravy on the brand new album before then so you're primed and ready. And on more Paul Kelly news, as you would have heard in our Rewind segment today with Steve Bell, next week we are all being gifted with an in-depth series covering the making of Paul Kelly's iconic How to Make Gravy for the new season of Rewind with Steve Bell. This is a must-listen for any and all music fans and definitely one to get you feeling festive as we roll through December. And as if that wasn't enough, on January 1st, Rewind with Steve Bell will also be taking us deep into one of the most important Indigenous albums of all time, with a look through Archie Roach's debut studio album, Charcoal Lane, which also features Archie himself, a host of players that were part of the album, and also Paul Kelly as well, who was a producer on Charcoal Lane. Be sure to subscribe and definitely don't miss these incredible new upcoming series for Rewind with Steve Bell. Head to euphony.com.au to learn more or head to your favourite podcast platform. We still have a few surprises up our sleeves on Press Play before the year is through as well. In fact, our next episodes are coming to you on Monday, the 20th of December, which will feature our official Press Play Best of 2021 episodes with myself, Andrew Mast, Steve Bell, a range of artists and an army of our guest reviewers all unpacking the year that was for all things music. Get your ears primed for December 20 and we can't wait to toast this year off with a bang with you then. In the meantime, keep up to date with all things Press Play and all things new music on our Instagram. You can find us at Press Play Oz. That's O-Z for Oz. And you can check out our regular Press Play mixtape as well as our special Christmas version over there as well. Why not spread some Christmas cheer this year and maybe tell a mate or a family member who loves music about Press Play. Like, subscribes, follows, reviews, They're all stuff that we would love for Christmas if you are liking what you're hearing and we do always love hearing from you all out there. If you want to catch up on any previous episodes of Press Play alongside a heap of other Euphony podcasts at the same time, head on over to euphony.com.au to check it all out or catch us wherever you like to get your podcasts from. Love music and Christmas, Press Play. Thanks for stopping by and I'll catch you on December 20th.
0: Press Play is a Euphony podcast, created by Craig Trewick, produced by Tiana Speeder and Andrew Marst. Assistant producer Henry Gibson, hosted by Tiana Speeder. Recorded, edited, and engineered by Zig Parker. Music by Zig Parker. For more information about this episode, go to euphony.com.au. For more Euphony podcasts, visit our website, Spotify, Apple, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts.